Yeah, I'm probably at the podcast stage of quarantine now. Goofcast. I'm President Joe Biden. I'm here on Goofcast. Yeah, I'd rather be in a cast. Something appears to be wrong with my radio dial. That's just Goofcast, punk. You listen to Goofcast. Please stop goofing on me. Hello and welcome back to Goofcast. It's your host here, Michael Prims. But since we're in October, I'll be going by my Treehouse of Horror nickname, My Ghoul Grims. I hope you are having a fun, safe, and spooky month so far. I hope that you're watching some good horror movies. I hope that you are going to the pumpkin patch and that you pick a pumpkin that did not have a hundred asses on it that day alone. I hope that you decorated nicely. Not too many bats. Hope that you went to a haunted house or two and got scared by a guy in a Jason mask and also a surgical mask on top of the Jason mask. Scares you twice. Scare you twice. I already made this joke before. <laughs> We're running out of ideas here at Goofcast. If you live in Toronto or the GTA, chances are you have seen on social media this month a few clickbaity style articles by Toronto culture news sites telling you, here's five horror movies filmed in Toronto. You saw this this year. You saw it last year. You saw it every October before. It seems like every Halloween season, sort of the same kind of article gets regurgitated informing you that American Psycho, Black Christmas, and It from 2017 were filmed in Toronto. And that's really cool and all, but I know of a couple horror movies that were actually filmed in Vaughn and the GTA and I noticed that those movies seldom get mentioned in these articles. So I was going to make a kind of clickbaity podcast where I would tell you five horror movies filmed in the Vaughn area that I knew off the top of my head. However, when I started looking up some trivia, re-watching these movies, I realized that there's so many more horror movies filmed in Vaughn than I had originally thought. So today, I'll be taking you through every single horror movie I could find that was at least partially filmed in the Vaughn GTA area. Some are big blockbuster horror movies that you've definitely heard of, and others are lesser known, a little bit more under the radar, but all of them share the similarity of having at least one scene filmed in the Vaughn GTA area. Some movies date back to the mid-70s, while other movies were released as recently as 2019. This podcast episode is the result of nearly a month of research into this subject, because unlike Toronto, the history of Vaughn and the history of pop culture intersections in Vaughn is seldomly written about and discussed, Although Vaughn and the surrounding areas are now mostly a booming metropolis, that wasn't always the case, and we kind of run into the same problem of a lack of resources readily available on these subjects. We talked about this at length in episode 4 of this podcast, where it took me nearly a month to figure out if Alanis Morissette played the opening of my local mall or not. I'm not going to spoil the answer to that question, 
you can check out episode four. Maybe you pause this, you listen to episode four, and then you listen to this episode, and it'll be like a two-parter Vaughn pop culture intersection extravaganza. Before we begin, we need to establish that an integral part of the history of movies filmed in Vaughn is the fact that there is a movie studio in Kleinberg on Highway 27, just south of Kirby Road, that has been around since the 1960s. I've passed by it so many times, wondering what's up in there. I always forget that it exists, and then I realize that it exists. From the 80s until 2015, it was owned by Cinespace, which currently owns several film production studios in Toronto, including their largest outpost in Etobicoke on Kipling Avenue that they claim is the busiest studio lot outside of Hollywood. The Kleinberg Movie Studio, at least while under the ownership of Cinespace, was notable for having a full set of the White House, which took up a good portion of the lot, which hosted lots of political genre TV and movies. Probably the most famous movies that were filmed at the Kleinberg Movie Studio include the SCTV Bob and Doug McKenzie movie Strange Brew, released in 1983 with Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas, a Sesame Street feature film called Follow That Bird, released in 1985, which includes Chevy Chase, John Candy, and Dave Thomas from Strange Brew. Jim Henson was actually on site playing Ernie and Kermit the Frog, all live in Kleinberg. Also, The Sentinel, 2006, starring Michael Douglas, Kiefer Sutherland, and Eva Longoria, that also used the nearby McMichael Art Gallery for a helicopter landing scene, and the White House set pretty extensively. Also, I need to mention that the popular Canadian TV series The Littlest Hobo was also shot at the studio. If you don't know what The Littlest Hobo is, it was basically Canada's answer to Lassie, but instead of rescuing people stuck in wells, Hobo is this badass action hero dog who saves seniors from a retirement home that is set ablaze and even somehow delivers a human baby. Perhaps the most famous movie filmed at the Kleinberg Movie Studio, which also happens to be my favorite movie on this list, is David Cronenberg's 1986 remake of The Fly, starring Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. All the interior shots of Jeff Goldblum's Seth Brundle's apartment-slash-lab were filmed at the studio, including the pivotal scenes of Jeff Goldblum turning into the Brundle Fly. I spoke to cinematographer of The Fly, Mark Irwin, who shared that he remembered cold days in December of 1985, driving up Highway 27 to the studio. I actually contacted him about the next movie on this list, but we talked about The Fly as well. I guess this is cheating a little bit because there are no on-location scenes in Vaughn. The only Vaughn location is the studio. So I am, I guess, beginning this episode with like a bit of a cheat, a bit of a a bit of an asterisk on the project, but it is my favorite movie of the bunch and I had to start with it. The rest of this movie was shot in the downtown Toronto area, while the interiors of Seth Brundle's apartment slash lab were Kleinberg Movie Studio. The exterior was shot in Liberty Village. I have a picture of the building as it stands in this year. If you go to at It's Goofcast on Instagram. Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis also walked through Toronto's Kensington Market, 
the Manual Life building is used at Gina Davis's publishing company, and Toronto General Hospital, where I was born, is also used in a pivotal scene. And you can see the CN Tower in the background. One of the best horror movie remakes ever, and a uniquely Toronto movie, but with the best parts filmed right here in Vaughan. A few years before The Fly came out, David Cronenberg directed The Dead Zone, released in 1983, based on the 1979 Stephen King novel of the same name. This movie starred Christopher Walken as Johnny Smith and Brooke Adams as Sarah Bracknell, who was in the 1978 remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and also Martin Sheen. The plot of this movie really reminds me of a Twilight Zone episode, it concerns Christopher Walken's Johnny Smith waking up from a fiery accident to realize that he can now see into the future, and specifically he can uh, have premonitions of people dying. He struggles what to do with this newfound gift or curse. The movie begins with Christopher Walken's Johnny Smith working as an English teacher in the last hour of a school day. The school used for this scene was Summit View Public School, located in the town of Stouffville. This school was also used in The Littlest Hobo. No word on if Hobo was a teacher, or the principal, or the superintendent. After the school day ends, Johnny Smith takes fellow teacher Sarah Bracknell, played by Brooke Adams, on a fun-filled date to an amusement park. That amusement park is none other than Canada's Wonderland. According to Mark Irwin, they filmed at the park prior to its official opening, and they had to beg and plead in order to do so. Christopher Walken and Brooke Adams go on a wooden roller coaster, and that roller coaster is the Ghoster Coaster, which is a mild attraction located in the children's area of the park. And it's kind of ironic that a horror movie would be filmed on this roller coaster because it is a spooky-themed ride. Because upon the park's opening in 1981, the children's area of the park was called Hanna-Barbera Land, and it was themed as such, licensed by Paramount, who would later purchase ownership of the park in 1993. They allowed the coaster to be themed to Scooby-Doo, hence the Ghoster Coaster name. Although Cedar Fair bought the park in 2009, and changed the names of all the Paramount properties to either generic ones or to the Peanuts, which is the only franchise they own, apparently. The Ghoster Coaster has kept its original name, however, it is now themed to It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It's a good thing they filmed at Canada's Wonderland prior to opening while it was empty, or else Christopher Walken would have probably said, Hey, I've been waiting in this line for two hours! Later on in the movie, Christopher Walken has a premonition of a young boy falling through ice while playing hockey and drowning. What a uniquely Canadian way to go out. So Christopher Walken goes up to the kid's father and goes, Hey, don't let your kid on the ice! I just watched them die in my brain! And it goes, uh, as well as you'd expect, not well at all. The stuntman that doubled for the little boy did this scene at Woodbridge Memorial Pool and Arena, located at Highway 7 and Islington Avenue. Which I find pretty funny because it's a boy drowning at a place where most Woodbridge residents, including myself, learn to swim. However, I will say that on Saturday mornings that pool was just a few degrees too cold. The Dead Zone shares this particular filming location with a movie released in 1973 called The Neptune Factor. 
I think this movie has sort of uh, not stood the test of time, but when it came out, it was a big deal. It was this underwater epic. It starred Walter Pigeon and Ernest Borgnine. People were really into it. And they filmed a lot of the underwater scenes, like scuba diving and whatnot, at the Woodbridge Memorial Pool and Arena prior to its opening, and also a lot of interiors at the Kleinberg Movie Studio. The rest of this movie was mostly filmed in the town of Niagara-on-the-Lake, and there was a scene filmed in the Screaming Tunnel, which is the supposedly haunted tunnel that's pretty close to Niagara-on-the-Lake. It's on the escarpment there when you're, you know, driving that road next to the water. The legend goes that a girl was escaping a burning farm and she died of being burned alive in the tunnel and now her spirit haunts the place. I've been there and the only scary thing that happened to me was my foot got wet and it was a pretty uncomfortable drive home. But better, uh, it's not it's not as bad as burning, I would say. We're going to now leave the 80s and flash forward to 2013 with another Stephen King adaptation, Carrie, directed by Kimberly Pierce, starring Chloe Grace Moretz, Julianne Moore, Judy Greer, who I saw just last weekend in Halloween Kills, and the pre-blow-up Ansel Elgort. This is technically the fourth version of Carrie to come out. You have the original, Brian De Palma, 1976. You have a direct sequel to that called The Rage Carry 2, released in 1999. That was a box office bomb. You had the TV movie Carrie 2002. That starred Angela Bettis of Girl Interrupted as Carrie. And now we're in 2013. So, Carrie's house is in Mississauga. Her school was Northern Secondary in Mount Pleasant. But Carrie shops for her dress for the prom, the ill-fated prom, on Main Street Newmarket, going into the shop that they created for the movie at 201 Main Street, which was at the time an athletic store focused on running called Running Free, but it is now a fish and chips place called Chip and Malt as of this recording in October of 2021. According to the director Kimberly Pierce in the Blu-ray commentary, this scene was originally not supposed to be in the movie, but she really pushed for it because she wanted to have a moment of reprieve where Carrie's kind of lost in the wonderment of trying to find a dress for the prom. Little does she know what awaits her, but, you know, for that moment, it's a moment of peace. And they quickly put together this dress store and they actually had so few dresses to work with that this shot is only filmed by one camera. You don't see the rest of the store, and that's because only half the store was actually used. I would imagine the rest of the store still contained New Balance running shoes and those stupid like arm wraps where you can stick like your wallet and your cell phone and whatever on your arm to look like Inspector Gadget as you run. Probably that stuff was there. I don't know. And now that we're on Main Street Newmarket, I'm quickly going to mention two psychological thrillers. Not exactly horror movies, but they were filmed on Main Street. The first is 2011's Dream House, directed by Jim Sheridan, starring Daniel Craig and Naomi Watts. The second is called Regression, released in 2015, directed by Alejandro Amenabar. 
starring Ethan Hawke, Emma Watson, and David Thewlis, who was in Wonder Woman and season three of Fargo as the antagonist. So The Dead Zone was produced by Deborah Hill, who was a producer that worked very closely with John Carpenter on movies like Halloween and The Fog. And John Carpenter directed a movie based on a very Stephen King-esque story called In the Mouth of Madness, released in 1994. This is a psychological horror movie starring Sam Neill from Jurassic Park, with cameos from Francis Bay, who plays Mrs. Tremond in Twin Peaks, and a young Hayden Christensen, who plays a spooky boy. Sam Neill's character, John Trent, goes searching in a town called Hobbs End for a horror novelist named Sutter Kane, who's sort of a spoof of Stephen King. But his trip, Hobbs End and Sutter Kane, aren't what they seem on the surface. The setting of the town of Hobbs End is actually Unionville Markham on Main Street and Station Lane. John Carpenter in the Blu-ray commentary shares that he was surprised that he actually got the merchants of Unionville to shut down for a few days because it's a pretty popular area. Sam Neill steps into a bar called the Hobbs End Pub, and the exterior of that bar is actually the Unionville Arms, which is still standing in Unionville today. And the interior was, according to John Carpenter, a very popular bar downtown, although I do not know which one. The centerpiece of Hobbs End is this giant, cool-looking, foreboding church, which is actually just the Cathedral of the Transfiguration, which is a massive cathedral located in the suburbs of Markham, like smack in between a bunch of houses. It's a really strange sight if you go over there. Because of its immense size and random location, many people believe John Carpenter green-screened this church and that it wasn't real. He shares that he had to donate money to the priest in order to shoot there. He also said that shooting around the church were the coldest days he's had shooting a movie since The Thing, a movie that was filmed in Alaska and northern British Columbia. Yeah, I guess the GTA does get that cold sometimes. Once Sam Neill escapes Hobbs End, he ends up at a motel. This funky 50s motel, as John Carpenter calls it, is actually the Woodbine Motel located in Woodbridge, just north of Steeles on Highway 27. While the interiors of the motel room were shot on a set, the motel's exteriors in the lobby still stand today, looking more or less the same, for better or worse. I went to the motel after watching this movie with some friends in the summer of 2018, asking if they were aware that John Carpenter filmed a movie there, and they looked at me like I was talking about the world ending or something. I was followed out by a guy with a bulldog on a leash. I felt like I was in a sequel to this movie where it's revealed that the Woodbine Motel was a part of Hobbs End. What's interesting is that John Carpenter calls Woodbridge Woodbine in the commentary. Uh, you should have stayed a little bit longer, maybe tried the veal. Speaking of spooky kids, let's talk about The Prodigy, released in 2019. This was directed by Nicholas McCarthy and stars Taylor Schilling from Orange is the New Black and Jackson Robert Scott, who played Georgie in It 2017. This spooky kid movie is about a boy possessed by a dead serial killer seeking revenge, sort of like Chucky if he was a human being. While most of this movie was shot in Mississauga and the Durham region, the ending of this movie, which I will not spoil, occurred in a suburban area in Maple, 
at a house at the intersection of Maurier Boulevard and Oberfrick Avenue. This is just off of Dufferin, north of Rutherford. You're probably thinking, what about the slashers? Did Michael Myers ever stab anybody in Archibald's pub, Richmond Hill? Did Jason ever uh, kill in the Courtright Center? Well, I'd be lying to you if I said that they did. However, the Friday the 13th TV series was filmed in Toronto. But our next movie we're going to talk about is a very popular 80s slasher that was partially filmed in Richmond Hill and Thornhill. I am talking about the movie Prom Night, released in 1980. This was directed by Paul Lynch, and it starred Jamie Lee Curtis in the first slasher she did after the original Halloween. She would then go on to do another horror movie called Terror Train, but that was filmed in Montreal. It also stars Canada's very own, our treasure, Leslie Nielsen, all hail, all praise. This teenage revenge slasher, which has its climax on, you guessed it, prom night, was mostly filmed at Don Mills Collegiate located in Etobicoke. According to director Paul Lynch in the Blu-ray commentary, they were only allowed to film at the school during the summer because producer Peter Simpson's brother Richard was a former teacher and granted them access. They had to film the movie very quick, however, because it was August and school was about to start. The location manager on this movie in the commentary states that the beginning of the film, which features a bunch of kids messing around in an abandoned asylum, was filmed at an old Queen Street mental hospital. I'm not sure of his name, which makes it easier for me to call him wrong, because this was actually filmed at an old jail in Richmond Hill called the Langstaff Jail Farm. Maybe the interiors were filmed at the Queen Street Mental Hospital, but the exterior is a perfect match to the Langstaff Jail Farm, which was a minimum security prison for low-level criminals in Toronto, rivaling the terrifying Dawn Jail for the worst of the worst. It was more of a rehabilitation center to deter petty offenders from one day ending up in the Dawn Jail. The facility was closed in 1958, and left abandoned as the land around it was home to a series of farmers, which lent itself to the name Jail Farm. It was later demolished in 1990, and the area around it at current day Young and Highway 7 is currently the home to Richmond Hill Silver City and used to be home to a Silver City and Indigo bookstore, which Drake references going to on the song Do Not Disturb off of the album More Life. However, he's likely talking about the Young and Eglinton Silver City Indigo, which he grew up around. But he does actually reference Vaughn on that very song by stating that he used to go to Club Palazzo in the bridge, but now he goes to Club Live. Club Palazzo was a very popular club in Woodbridge, formerly located at Jane and Pilar Road in the late 90s and early 2000s. Anyway, going back to prom night... I should also mention that the character Wendy's house was located on Fairway Heights Drive in Thornhill, which is right beside the Bayview Golf Club. Let's talk about another horror movie filmed in Richmond Hill. Cannibal Girls 1973, directed by Ivan Reitman, Canada's very own, who would go on to do Ghostbusters, Stripes, that movie where Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger are twins, and also that movie where Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger get Arnold Schwarzenegger pregnant. 
This movie starred Eugene Levy, Andrea Martin from SCTV, who was also in Black Christmas, horror movie filmed in Toronto but not Vaughn. And it had a cameo from Fishka Reyes, who was Igor in The Hilarious House of Frightenstein, a horror comedy TV series that was filmed mostly at Ryerson University. This movie was about Eugene Levy and Andrea Martin going to a small town in Ontario called Farnhamville, which doesn't actually exist, where their car breaks down and they must stay in a motel. The motel owner tells them of a great restaurant that has an urban legend surrounding it that three women live there and would invite men in, seduce them, and then feast on their bodies. The couple finds out that the legend is a little bit more real than it appears. What's cool about this movie is that it was actually set in Ontario. They're not trying to make you think that you're in a U.S. city of some kind, there's Canadian flags on the buildings, and a University of Toronto sticker on the bumper of Eugene Levy's car. We love to see it. When Andrea Martin and Eugene Levy pull into the make-believe Farnhamville, they're actually at Young and King in Richmond Hill, Oak Ridges. They go to a police station and a gas station. The police station was a real OPP station, but it is now a pool and hot tub store called York Region Hot Tubs and Pools, and the Gulf gas station turned into an SO, but it is now a shopper's drug mart more or less across the street from the former police station. The Cannibal Restaurant is actually in Aurora on Gilbert Street, and it was formerly owned by May Jarvis of the wealthy Jarvis family, a very historical wealthy family in Toronto. May Jarvis actually cameos in this movie, playing the owner of the motel that Eugene Levy and Andrea Martin stay in. Last thing about Cannibal Girls, the movie actually has a cameo in Ghostbusters 2. It was shown at a cinema where moviegoers were chased out by a winged ghost. So maybe you haven't seen Cannibal Girls, but you might have seen it in Ghostbusters 2. Let's pivot to a creature feature. 2009's Splice, directed by Vincenzo Nadali, starring Adrian Brody and Sarah Poli, and produced by Guillermo del Toro, who's filmed many horror movies in Toronto, including The Shape of Water and Mimic. This movie concerns a couple who are scientists, played by Adrian Brody and Sarah Poli, tasked with splicing together DNA to create new animals, but what they end up creating is a semi-human child that they care for as their own. Like The Shape of Water and the creature from the Black Lagoon before it, this is one of those uh, Rihanna friends with the monster type movies. But can you be friends with the monster? Sarah Poli and Adrian Brody figure out that it's a little harder than it seems. Because when your child is a monster, you need to lock it away in a barn, and not just any barn, a barn that is located at Black Creek Pioneer Village. They film these scenes in and around the Daniel Stong Grain Barn, which dates back to 1825, built by the original settlers on the property. Well, not the original settlers, that would be the Wendat. I guess the first Europeans to farm it is the way I would put it. I actually went on a ghost tour of Pioneer Village just last night, and we were standing in this barn as the tour guide was talking about whatever phantoms have been seen in the barn. And I just kept thinking about Adrian Brody and this monstrous child called Dren.
Special thanks to the location managers on Splice, Adam Meaden and Marty Duzak, that helped me out with this one. Let's go ahead and stay in Pioneer Village for the 2010 horror movie The Shrine, directed by John Knotts and starring Aaron Ashmore, who was on Are You Afraid of the Dark as a Kid, children's uh, horror TV show very similar to Goosebumps, and Killjoys, and some other people who have done things, including the son of a telecommunications billionaire, Gee, I Wonder Who Financed the Movie. The Shrine is about three Americans who venture to a small Polish town to try to find the missing person. Things get culty and spooky really quick, and that's all I'll say without spoiling it. Production manager Justin Kelly and cinematographer James Griffith were nice enough to inform me that they weren't in Poland at all. They were in the north end of Pioneer Village. Also, in their search for the missing person, they pass an old cathedral, which is actually Mary Lake Shrine of Our Lady of Grace, located in King City. That means that this tale of terror shares a location with Adam Sandler's Billy Madison. The front gate of Mary Lake Shrine was used for Billy Madison's gates to his mansion. Should we get into some zombies in Vaughn? Yeah, let's do that. With Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead, released in 2004, this starred Sarah Poli from Splice, Ving Rhames, Jack Weber, Ty Burrell, and featured cameos from people from the original Dawn of the Dead, like makeup artist Tom Savini and Ken Foree. The screenplay was done by James Gunn, writer-director of Guardians of the Galaxy, and also Suicide Squad, but sadly not the Suicide Squad that was filmed in Toronto. Not in Vaughn, though. This awesome remake of George A. Romero's 1978 Dawn of the Dead was primarily filmed in a mall in Thornhill called Thornhill Square Shopping Center that was slated for demolition after the movie. Apparently, the mall was as dead as it gets by the early 2000s, owing to half the mall being closed from a flood since the late 80s, apparently. The atrium of the mall was the original atrium, but everything else had to be built from scratch to accommodate the filming. Zack Snyder says in the Blu-ray commentary that we took over a mall and we had to build a mall inside of it. This was because they couldn't show the stores that existed in that mall, including Dominion Grocery Store and Winners, because they didn't have the license, so they essentially had to create their own fictional stores and stay completely away from the stores that actually existed, locations manager Scott Alexander told me. Only two brands allowed the crew to use their logos in the movie, Panasonic and Roots. There is a Roots store depicted in the mall, but no zombie fighting actually goes on in there. The only zombies that go there now are the ones who think it's okay to charge over a hundred bucks for sweatpants and a flannel shirt. Although the mall doesn't exist anymore at 300 John Street and the site now houses townhomes and a plaza, the original office building that was attached to the mall still remains, prominently declaring Thornhill Square on its exterior, though the mall has been gone for years. The movie begins with Nurse Anna, played by Sarah Poli, finishing her shift and exiting a hospital. This wasn't a hospital at all. It's the front doors of the Thornhill Community Center and Library, located at John Street in Bayview, very close to the former mall. After an altercation with her zombie husband at a house in Caledon, she then meets Ving Rhames, his character Sergeant Kenneth, 
in Thornhill at a park called Drake Park. I swear this is not another Drake reference. I allotted myself one Drake reference per Von Horror movie podcast. It's called Drake Park. You can look it up. Google Maps, no relation to Aubrey. It's Audrey? No, it's not Audrey. That, that's a woman's name. Aubrey Drake Graham, no relation. Well, Zack Snyder's 2003 Dawn of the Dead was a remake of a Georgie Romero horror movie, Georgie Romero would find himself in Vaughn, Ontario, directing his own zombie horror movie just a few years later with 2005's Land of the Dead, which starred Simon Baker from The Mentalist, John Leguizamo, Dennis Hopper, Asia Argento, and Robert Joy. This is the fourth sequel to Giorgio Romero's zombie-defining 1968 film, Night of the Living Dead, and it was the first to be filmed in the Toronto area. Although primarily filmed in giant sets at Downsview Park and the military base, the opening takes place on the main strip of Kleinberg. The film opens outside of a creepy-looking manor and chapel, with a gazebo consisting of some incredible zombie animatronics playing in a trumpet band created by Greg Nicotero, who did all of the zombies in The Walking Dead, and countless other horror movie makeup and designs in films like Misery, Army of Darkness, and Vaughn Movie Alert in The Mouth of Madness. This creepy old manor and church is actually the Doctor's House event space and restaurant, that you've probably been to a confirmation or a baptism or even a wedding at. I know I have. The doctor's house is also supposedly haunted by the victim of an illegal abortion by said doctor, along with other spirits who like to dim lights and play with the piano. Perhaps that's a ghost story for another episode, or maybe it's just mischievous kids like I was when I was younger, bored out of my mind when a family function hits the five-hour mark. What's that, Dad? We gotta take seven more pictures in front of the church? Ah, jeez. John Leguizamo's Cholo, which I'm not saying a, an ethnic slur, that's actually the character's name for better or worse, and Simon Baker's Riley Denbo kill zombies down the main street of Kleinberg while grabbing supplies for their outpost. According to location managers Scott Alexander and David McElroy, it was a huge undertaking. The entire strip had to be closed off. Windows were replaced, broken, and fixed. All the main storefronts were either dressed to fictional stores or blacked out completely. According to David, any sense of the living had to be removed. And then everything had to be returned to normal by the morning. On the southwest corner of the main strip, there used to be an auto body shop there for the longest time. And that's where we meet Big Daddy of Big Daddy's Garage, a zombie stuck in a time loop of filling up gas, who ends up leading a zombie rebellion right to the city center. The only zombies you'll find in Kleinberg now are the people willing to pay for overpriced Italian food, and overpriced ice cream, and overpriced iced coffee, and you get the idea. More zombies came to Kleinberg in a scene in the fifth Resident Evil movie, Resident Evil Retribution, released in 2012, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson and starring Mila Jovovich and Michelle Rodriguez. There's a scene of both the actresses fighting the undead outside of a house in the suburbs of Kleinberg, located at the intersection of Treelawn Boulevard and Weaver Court. That's it for zombies. Let's move on to some crazy freaks in the woods with Rituals, 1977, directed by Peter Carter. Also released under the title The Creeper, this movie starred Hal Holbrook, Lawrence Dane, Robin Gamble, 
and Gary Reinecke. Interesting point about Gary Reinecke and Lawrence Dane, they were also in a Canadian horror movie called The Clown Murders, which is not a really good movie at all, but it is very notable for starring a young John Candy. But it was filmed in Pottageville, so that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> Ritual slash The Creeper is a Deliverance, The Hills Have Eyes style horror movie where city slickers meet disfigured killers in the woods. This horror-adventure survival movie was really taxing on the actors because they filmed it in the water and in the mud. And to make matters complicated, the characters get their boots stolen by the killers pretty early in the movie, making it all the more uncomfortable. Most of the movie takes place in a forest, and all of that was filmed in Botswana Bay near Lake Superior, which is north of Sault Ste. Marie. However, the interior and exterior scenes of the ending were filmed at the Kleinberg studio. After trekking through the wilderness for days, the killer's cabin Hal Holbrook eventually ends up at was also used in the CBC show The Forest Rangers from 1963 to 1965, which was a pretty big deal for Canadian television. Michael Zenon, who played Joe Two Rivers on The Forest Rangers, actually plays the killer in this movie and also serves as the second assistant director. Wow, talk about a homecoming. The topic of our next horror movie filmed in Vaughn. Let me just look at my notes here. Oh, really, man? Killer bats? I thought this was going to be a bat-free podcast. I said that at the beginning. Well, let's talk about The Silence 2019. Directed by John Leonetti and starring Stanley Tucci and Kiernan Shipka, The Silence sees Stanley Tucci and his family escaping a horde of mutant bats called Vesps that respond and attack on sound. And also, Stanley Tucci fumbles with his glasses that keep getting in the way the whole time all too much. This Netflix movie is pretty similar to A Quiet Place, released in 2018, but it's based on a book that predates A Quiet Place, so... Who copied who, I don't know. While escaping north, the Andrews family ends up at a cabin and sets up camp there. The cabin was on location at the Kleinberg Movie Studio. According to location managers on this film, Michael Sperduti and Aaron Campbell, who actually told me about the cabin, the cabin was previously used on CBC's The Forest Rangers, same as the cabin from The End of Rituals. Is it the same cabin? I'm not entirely sure. You see the cabin in Rituals only in the dark, and it's kind of a grainy shot, but the exterior of both cabins feature similar fire pits, where coincidentally, two gruesome scenes take place in both respective movies. The Andrews family wanders into a town for supplies, and the deserted town features a stalking pastor and a bloody car wreck, which brings us back to Main Street Newmarket. While thankfully there is not a swarm of Vesps in Kleinberg these days, there are swarms of teenagers on electric Vespas. Not sure what's worse. Here's a question. Is there a horror movie that was filmed at the Kleinberg movie studio that has more of a ridiculous threat than Mutant Bats? Turns out there is. Murder by Phone, released in 1972, directed by Michael Anderson, and starring Richard Chamberlain, John Houseman, who was in John Carpenter's The Fog, 1980, Sarah Botsford, and Gary Reinecke from Rituals, friend of the show. 
I don't know if Gary Reinecke is a friend of the show. Uh, he is currently 76 years old, according to Wikipedia. If anybody knows Gary Reinecke and they want to pass this episode of Goofcast on to him, I would really appreciate his thoughts. This movie is about a disgruntled phone company employee who designs a device that kills victims when they answer their telephone. The only murder by phone that I know of is when Rogers keeps me on hold for two hours to the sound of an orchestral, instrumental version of Shut Up and Dance by Walk the Moon played on repeat. I think that they should be given 25 to life for that one. Let's continue on with a horror genre that I personally find to be the scariest. The home invasion genre. As far back as I can remember, I have always been terrified of robbers, somebody breaking into my house, and horror movies where that's the plot really get under my skin. Death Weekend 1976, directed by William Fruitt, is, in my opinion, one of the most unsettling home invasion horror movies that I have ever seen. The movie stars Brenda Vaccaro, who was recently in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Don Stroud, who coincidentally also has a Tarantino credit, playing a sheriff in Django Unchained. Canadian actor Chuck Shimada is also in this movie, who's been in a lot of homegrown productions like One Week, and this really funny mafia cartoon show called Forget About It, I don't know if other people have seen this show, but it used to be on Teletoon. Really funny stuff. This movie is a kick-ass story of home invasion and female revenge. Chuck Shimada's Harry is a wealthy swinger dentist who takes model Diane, played by Brenda Vaccaro, up to his cottage mansion in northern Ontario, making this movie a horror movie that actually does take place in Ontario in Canada. Love to see it, love to see it. When Diane asks to drive his car, they get into a road rage altercation with a bunch of hillbillies that Brenda Vaccaro end up running off the road and into a ditch. The hillbillies then track down Harry and Diane and invade their summer mansion cottage, but Diane gets her revenge in an epic showdown. In the United States, this movie was released under the title The House by the Lake to cash in on the similar female revenge horror movie The Last House on the Left directed by Wes Craven, who also did A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Hills Have Eyes, and Scream. This movie was filmed at the Kleinberg Movie Studio and in King City on location. But before we explore where, I want to take a second and talk about director William Fruitt. I think William Fruitt is an underrated Canadian horror icon. He directed the horror movies Trapped, also known as Baker County, USA, filmed in Georgina, Spasms filmed in Toronto, the horror comedy Killer Party also filmed in Toronto, and the creature feature Blue Monkey filmed in Toronto as well. He went on to direct episodes of Goosebumps, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and Friday the 13th, the TV series. The driving and car chase scenes were filmed around King Road, specifically if you were going east on King Road, approaching 7th Concession Road. The hillbilly car crash scene happens at King Vaughn Road and Kipling Avenue. I was there recently to check it out because I was golfing in the area, and it seems as though the bridge that the car like slightly goes over is currently being fixed or renovated to some degree, and the road was closed around it. Harry owns this huge mansion cottage, which includes a full lake, and he owns all the land surrounding this area, making it a truly isolating place for horrors to take place. Diane asks, how many teeth did you have to pull to afford all this? 
I'm asking the same question. The Mansion Cottage is actually Eaton Hall, located in King City, which is an event center and the former house of Lady Eaton of the affluent Ontario Eaton family, built in 1940. This mansion was also used in the David Cronenberg crime movie, A History of Violence, released in 2005. Another home invasion horror movie filmed in Vaughn is 2005's The Dark Hours, directed by Paul Fox, starring Kate Greenhouse, Aidan Devine, and Gordon Curry, who is in Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. The Dark Hours is about a burnt-out psychiatrist going up to a winter cabin with her husband and sister, and then being greeted by two creepy intruders. Owing to her profession, this movie has a psychological edge to it, and a pretty awesome payoff. Director Paul Fox informed me that the cabin and Forrest's exterior scenes were shot at the Country Club Golf Course located between Clarence and Islington in Woodbridge. At the time of the filming, it was called the Board of Trade Golf Course and featured this cabin on the property for some reason, but the cabin is no longer there. As they filmed this in the middle of winter, they didn't have to worry about any sliced golf balls intruding into the house. And I'm not sure if this was good practical effects or an ode to Woodbridge, an Italian area, but the blood and guts of a particular gory scene in the beginning of the movie consisted of ravioli, according to set designer Karen Justel. Now I'm not even grossed out anymore, I'm just hungry. Kanye West's first album, The College Dropout, begins with a skit of a principal saying, do something for the kids, Kanye! And we're actually going to end this episode by recommending a horror movie filmed in Vaughn for the kids by me, not Kanye West. That movie is The Gate, 1987, directed by Tibor Tagax, starring Stephen Dorff in his film debut. You may know him from True Detective Season 3, among other things. The Gate is about two kids digging in their backyard who accidentally unearth a portal to an evil realm and release a bunch of demons while their parents are on vacation. It has an aesthetic of bored kids snooping around and finding scary things similar to Goosebumps. This film takes place entirely at a house in King City located on Curtis Crescent that serves as the house exterior shots. Nearby on McClure Drive, you can find the house featured in the sequel, The Gate 2, released in 1990. Most of the interior shots were filmed at the Kleinberg Movie Studio. Although the film is not explicitly set in Ontario or Vaughan, there's lots of Easter eggs that indicate the filming location. We see a pizza pizza box, a pamphlet stuck to a corkboard advertising the Kleinberg Binder Twine Festival, and a demon curse is written on a notepad for Sesame Street Follow That Bird, filmed at the Kleinberg Movie Studio. Maybe it was a leftover from that shoot just a few years prior. I'm not going to go too in-depth on this, but let's talk about a couple horror TV shows that have been filmed in Vaughn. I think one of the coolest sequences in any media filmed in Vaughn happens in The Handmaid's Tale. I know I'm kind of stretching the genre a bit. I don't know if Handmaid's Tale, you would classify it as a horror show. It's definitely a dystopian show, a sci-fi show. I think it might dip a bit into horror, which allows me to talk about this certain scene. And uh, spoiler incoming for The Handmaid's Tale Season 2. Sorry about that. You can skip forward on the podcast. 3, 2, 1. If you're ever feeling frustrated at the city after the third time you've run over the same pothole this week, or the garbage truck skipped your house, you can gain some catharsis 
by watching Vaughn City Hall get blown up in Season 2, Episode 6 of The Handmaid's Tale, titled First Blood. Pretty cool scene. I haven't really watched Handmaid's Tale all that much, I'll be honest, but seeing Vaughn City Hall get blown to smithereens is pretty awesome. Vaughn City Hall also had a cameo in the TV series Star Trek Discovery, as it stood in for the United Federation of Planets, Office of the President, in Season 1, Episode 15, Will You Take My Hand? It was also featured in a movie called From the Vine, released in 2019, where Joe Pantoliano, who's Ralphie Seferetto in The Sopranos, plays a guy working in an office building that realizes he needs to go back to Italy to make wine. His office building that he sits around in thinking about wine and getting no work done is Vaughn City Hall. Eli Roth's horror series on Netflix called Hemlock Grove features a scene where a burning effigy is found in the parking lot of Canada's Wonderland. You can tell it's the parking lot because you can see the Bellaria Condo buildings at Jane and Rutherford in the background. Hemlock Grove was also filmed at Eaton Hall in King City, the same as Death Weekend. Hannibal, the TV show about Hannibal Lecter, was filmed at the David Dunlap Astronomical Observatory in Richmond Hill, where you could see the stars of the show and also the stars in the sky. There were many scenes filmed at this observatory as it stood in for various settings in Hannibal. It was also filmed at Pioneer Village at the Dalziel Barn, which is actually not a part of the immediate museum of Pioneer Village. If you buy a ticket and walk the grounds, you will not see this building. It's actually in the area northwest of Jane and Steele's that is more reserved for filming and special events. The TV series Killjoys and Orphan Black also used the Dalziel Barn. Well, there you have it. A bunch of horror movies filmed in Vaughn. For the rest of October and beyond, as you're spending a Sunday in Kleinberg, going to Canada's Wonderland and visiting friends in the suburbs, remember that Hollywood terrors could have been in the very spot you're standing. I'd like to thank all the location managers, directors, cinematographers, and other crew members who assisted me in this project and answered my emails. Mark Irwin, James Griffith, Justin Kelly, Scott Alexander, Marty Dezak, Adam Meaden, Glenn Carter, David McElroy, Michael Sperduti, Aaron Campbell, Paul Fox, Karen Justel, Will Zamak, and Morella Terracini of the City of Vaughan. And most of all, thank you for listening, and I hope that you came out of this with maybe a horror movie recommendation, a little trivia that you didn't know from Vaughan and beyond. Please consider sharing this episode if you enjoyed it, and following the podcast on your preferred streaming service, for more, check out the podcast at its home on the web, which is at its goofcast on Instagram. You can also follow me on Instagram at Michael Prims and on Twitter at Michael Prims as well. Also, if you know of any horror movies filmed in Vaughn that I missed or any other movies filmed in this neck of the woods and you want to let me know about it, I would really appreciate it. From all of us here at Goofcast, which is it's it's just me here. I hope you have a fun, safe, and happy Halloween, and no matter if it's the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, have a great one.